Welcome back to the Totally Mental Podcast. I'm Emily. I'm Hannah. And this is a podcast about the real messy parts of being human. Breakups, life transitions, mental health, and all the other unedited shit that doesn't make the Instagram grid, but is a part of all of our lives. We're talking about all the feels to normalize these conversations in hopes that we feel a little less alone on this roller coaster. Whoa! This feels different. We're on Zoom for the first time. Yes, yeah, super weird. And also, we do not have our setup figured out. So just bear with us. We'll keep the intro short. Yeah. And this won't be the norm. Yeah. We'll figure it out. It's just quality will improve. Yeah. So let's do a check-in. Han, how are you feeling? What's the update? How's everything going? Um, I am feeling good. I feel like I have so much energy for my life right now. Like since working from home, I mean, I'm not, like, yeah. I think a normal person's amount, like not even your amount, like <laughs> just not a dying person's amount. Okay. So I definitely <laughs> have had moments of like loneliness or cabin fever vibe, but I'm working on finding a new routine and new ways to feel connected. So mm-hmm. we shall see. How are Great. you? Good. Pretty all over the place. Pretty chaotic over here in this brain. Um, (laughs) Just trying to find ways to like keep myself mentally grounded. You know, like I've been trying to, well, I I haven't been trying to, I have been meditating in the mornings and trying to like keep my mornings like consistent because right now, like still very much like in limbo, I'm getting my house ready to rent. So this weekend is my last weekend to get everything ready. And just continuing to get settled in, like when you're moving, like I know you know this, even when you're moving down the street, it's like when you're in that transition, it's like, where are my pants? Are they at my house? Are they at my apartment? Are they at my boyfriend's? Are they in my closet? Are they in the wash? Like, are they in this box that's randomly over here, you know? Yeah. And it's just like overall, your body just feels like unsettled. Yeah. And like just a lot of transitions with work life and stuff. So I'm trying to just like mentally just be like, okay, this is how this is going to be for a few weeks while you get settled. And like, I just like, there's a lot going on. And I feel like it's taken me literally like four months to be like, it's okay that there's a lot going on. Like there just is. So I don't know. I'm doing okay. Everything's fine. (laughs) Question mark. (laughs) Lots of question marks about my mental state, but that's all right. It's temporary. I do feel really good about this decision. still. like, it feels good to like be in my place and like, just be like, okay, we just did that, you know? Yeah. Here we go. So that's where we're at. Cool. Yeah. On a more positive note, what are you currently consuming? Yeah. So I finally, I feel like I've been in such a content slump and I've been spending so much time on TikTok. Yeah. Which, you know, was a good time, but it was keeping me up at Uh night. So I finally got out of that slump and I watched a few movies this weekend. I watched the original Knives Out. Oh, yeah, yeah. That one is so much better than the one I thought. So much better than Glass Onion. I agree. I really liked it. I liked Glass Onion too. So they just were different. Yeah. I really liked Knives Out. It was fun. And then I also went to the theater to... Yes. The a man named Otto, which was like so sweet and cute, uh-huh. and like it, it did have me crying. I have been crying like so much more at sentimental things now. <laughs> yeah, I guess it's because like it's not coming out in existential sobs. It uh-huh. has to other ways, but okay. we'll totally take recommend it. to see the movie with like your parents or family. Like uh-huh. it's very easy, comfy. That's such a wholesome activity. 
Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And then I also, I rewatched season one of Ginny and Georgia in about one day. Okay. And now I'm digging into season two, which just came out, uh-huh. which has been amazing. And I love it, but it has also reminded me how binge watching makes me feel like shit after like a few episodes. Uh-huh. Because yesterday I had the day off because it was Martin Luther King day and I watched yeah. so much TV. Wow. Yeah. So after I finish season two, I will be taking a break and returning to my Kindle, but it's all been good. I love Ginny and Georgia. So I've never seen it. I don't think you would like it. Okay. That's fair. I've heard of it. I think probably just from you. I don't even really know what it's about though. It's like kind of like, it's like a mom. She had the kid when she was young and it's very, it's like kind of free form. Okay. Okay, cute. Like, okay, sweet. Yeah, I need more thrill or like mystery or fucked there up something. There is a movie. There's murder. Oh, okay. Well, hello. Maybe I yeah. would be interested then. Yeah. So <laughs> cool. maybe. What about you? What have you been consuming? Yeah. Speaking of binge watching, on Sunday, there's. Have you heard of Blackbird? No. It's a, it's a six episode series. I forget what streaming service it's on, but I watched all of all of that season on Sunday. So I was What's also on a binging spree. It's about this guy who gets busted for like a drug thing in Chicago. He's like this high roller, like handsome guy, whatever gets busted for drugs, gets this like wild sentence, like aggressive sentence of 120 months. So 10 years. And it starts that way. But the whole show is about how the FBI then incentivizes him to go and get this confession from a murderer in exchange for less time. And so, yeah, the way that it's, the way that it is like previewed or like the trailer makes it look like, you know, that this guy for sure did the murder, but in the show, it's not like you don't know for sure. So like it keeps you super engaged and, and it's only six episodes. So like it's a six episode for a Sunday. Yeah. So that was really good. I really do recommend that for like a weekend. You've got some anxiety and you're just like, I need to be in the couch. At least I'm not in jail for murder. Exactly. No, there's always a bright side and that is a good one. Other than that though, just uh, drinking my coffee, drinking my water, trying to still on my water bottle train that you talked me into. Yeah. I'm just trying to get the water in still on my calm magnesium supplements. Cheers. I bought that since you recommended it and I used it and I had a great, not a great, but a way better night of sleep than I've been having. So, okay, great. Yeah. It's honestly amazing. Also, if I could recommend to any of my bloated girlies, L-glutamine in the powder form or pill you can do too, but I had this conversation with a girl at Whole Foods because it was cute. She (laughs) was like, excuse me, like, can you get something from a taller shelf? Because she was short and it happened to be L-glutamine, which I was also looking for. So it was like a very cute moment. We're we're not friends. We didn't speak after that, but it was cute (laughs) for me in my brain. Anyways, she said that she tried multiple pill versions and they didn't work as well. And the powder version is supposed to be like great for all other things too. But she said for bloating specifically, it was like great. And I can second that it is like flavorless powder. I put it in with my calm stuff after dinner and my big water bottle with my water. So she's Mm -hmm. hydrated. She's not bloated. She's sleeping. So yeah. So that's, that's on the list as well. Awesome. So you want to get into it? Mm-hmm. Okay. So today we are super excited to have guest Emma Mahoney on the podcast. Emma is a mental health therapist based on the East Coast. And I found her on TikTok a few months ago 
on my for you page and the video that popped up, it was questions your therapist would ask you. And she kind of does like a full deep dive on her page on questions the therapist would ask you. So I of course found myself in a, a dark, not a dark rabbit hole. It was actually pretty light and fun rabbit hole of consuming her content on TikTok. And I immediately wanted her on the podcast. So we're so excited to talk with Emma about questions a therapist might ask, why they might ask them, what it's like to start therapy, what people are seeking therapy for today, and more. So we recorded with her a few days ago. So let's get into it. Hey, Emma. We are so excited to have you on. Hello. Hello. So excited to be here. So we're so excited to have you on. Of course, you know, we love what you do and everything that you talk about. You do such a great job of sharing about therapy from a lot of different angles, which I think just makes it feel so much more accessible and normal to people. Like the balance of sharing about your own mental health and goals, linking therapy with characters in pop culture, insights on parenting and childhood and mental health, getting people thinking about questions a therapist might ask. Like it's just all really amazing. And you, I think, balance those things by making it like fun, but like real and interesting and thought provoking really well. Thank you. Well, that is so nice to hear. That's been my goal the whole time. It's obviously a very delicate field and profession I'm in, but it's something that could benefit and pertain to everyone. So I've been constantly trying to find the middle ground of what's relatable, approachable, but what also is effective for people. So hearing that it just impacted one person means a lot. So thank you. Yeah, I completely agree. I think it is super difficult. You know, obviously, like we're not therapists, but just talking about these types of things, it can be really hard to balance talking about it seriously, but also being light and fun and being able to play with humor or like just more on the light side of things. Mm hmm. Because you don't want to be so serious all the time, but you also don't want to like undermine the importance of it. So I think, yeah, you definitely just do a great job at that. Thank you. Yeah, for sure. I could not agree with all of that more. So um, we're excited to like dig in. Obviously, we have a bunch of questions that, you know, we just want to chat about with you. And we'll definitely go through a lot of the questions that you say that a therapist will ask you and kind of chat about where those come from, what types of conversations those can provoke, how we can implement those more into our lives. And I mean, I think that the stigma of therapy is definitely like lessening, especially with the presence of social media and creators like you. But I think why you're so impactful and such an example and why I was so excited to find you on TikTok was because you are also just like a human. And I feel like even my own therapists in the past have kind of felt oftentimes like I'm walking into a room with a couch and I'm like, oh my gosh, like this very wise person who's so much smarter and better than me is now going to help me figure out my life. And I think one of the coolest things about meeting other young people who happen to do therapy, like be therapists is like, oh, maybe I'm not some like psycho person over here (laughs) because I can see myself in this therapist. And I totally your content does a Mm -hmm. lot. So I'm super excited to chat through some of that. And Hannah, do you want to start us out? Yeah. So this is kind of general, but as a therapist, what do you want someone to know who's thinking about starting therapy or has never been to therapy? Well, one, I think it's always important to know that therapy is not a place you are going to go and someone's going to tell you everything that's wrong with you and everything that you immediately will be able to fix. It's not like a band aid. It's not a quick fix, which I think a lot of people sometimes think, Oh, I need to go to a therapist and they'll tell me 
why I do this and then everything can be fixed. Like you are the author and creator of your own change. A therapist is just going to help you. For going to therapy, I will say a lot of people tell themselves that maybe they don't need it. Their situation's not as bad as a lot of people. And you can always make that case. You will always be able to find someone who maybe has it worse than you, maybe has been dealt a harder hand than you. But that doesn't mean that you shouldn't be able to do something for yourself. And I honestly think that's probably a big thing that you would talk about in therapy. Like, why don't you think that you're able to give that space for yourself? Totally. Admitting that you need help or extra support or that you're allowed to prioritize your needs. I think the main people don't get therapy is that. And I think a lot of people don't think that their mental health is something that they should either put money or time to because they should have it all figured out. And I think if you are debating going to therapy, I think you would just look at, you know, how are your relationships with the things around you? And if you're curious about certain relationships, whether it be your relationship with a family member, your partner, your relationship with food, substances, your work, anything in your life, and just ask yourself, like, are all these relationships healthy? Are all these relationships where I want them to be? And if you're curious about maybe working on one of them or understanding why you approach it in a certain way that doesn't feel like it's sustainable anymore, I think that's a good place to think about going to therapy. Or you could also just go because you're curious and you have the means and resources to to do it. It can be fun. And I honestly love those people who are like, I can't really think of something that's bringing me here. I don't have a dramatic event, but I'm curious about where I am right now. And I'm like, that's perfect. We can have so much fun here. Yeah. yeah. I love that so much because I think a lot of times like the thought around therapy is that it has to be this like very serious thing. Hard. Yeah. And and I think no matter how many perspectives you can like read online, when you hear someone say that other people are already doing what you're talking about, which is like seeking out therapy out of curiosity or not having this like well, it can be beneficial for those very like more, you know, structured things or whatever. Mm -hmm. What you're saying is there's really any reason under the sun that somebody could seek out therapy. And I think that's really, really impactful. And to know that you have clients that are doing that, I think gives permission Mm -hmm. to us all to like utilize this tool to live more present fulfilled lives. Yeah. And like, you don't have to know and like present exactly what your problem is or what you need to work on or whatever before you go. I think that has been a big realization for me as I've gotten more comfortable going to therapy. I've been more comfortable being like, I don't really know what's wrong. (laughs) So like, let's Mm -hmm. just start there and explore that, you know, instead of being like, okay, well, this is exactly what's going on. And this is exactly what I want to work on and feeling like you have to have it all put together. Yeah, I think that's a good point, too, is I've had certain clients where it's been six months where, you know, nothing really drastic has happened in their life. They've had a consistent job, consistent relationship, had a really good relationship with themselves. And then maybe something comes up, whether it'd be like a breakup or they lost their job or they lost a family member. And then having that foundation with them already is really good because you know and understand like certain patterns and coping mechanisms that they may have resorted to. And then in that case, having a therapist and someone who understands you really well is really important for almost like preventative measures. That's so true. And also it's so hard to 
go to a new therapist for the first time in the middle of a breakup or losing your job or something like that. Cause mm-hmm. you're doing multiple uncomfortable things when mm-hmm. going to someone who you already know you're already comfortable with can just like lower that barrier. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And I want to like talk a little bit further about this because you posted a video recently because I said to you earlier before we started recording, I just stalked the shit out of your page again today. (laughs) Oh, same. I was on it all day. I was like, what did she say recently? But uh, one of your recent videos was, I thought, really, really interesting because you included, it was a, a video about topics coming up for your clients right now. And you included things like phone addiction. And I really truly on like a soul level relate to like everything that you posted about younger people wanting Mm -hmm. to do couples therapy, people being sober curious, understanding how periods affect our mental health, lack of financial literacy, and not knowing if you're being smart, being obsessed with true crime. And I resonate with that one particularly closely. Mm -hmm. So would love to hear from you a little bit more about, again, just deeper dive into why people are seeking out therapy. Because I think I definitely can gaslight myself into thinking, like you said, we don't really need it. My situation's not as bad as other people's. So from your perspective, what are you hearing more from, from your clients? Why, why people are seeking out therapy that people who haven't done therapy before might not even know is why people would benefit from therapy? Yeah, I think it's really important to just as a therapist to constantly adjust and know what's going on in the world. Because I think if you were to talk to a therapist who retired 10 years ago, who worked with people who were in their 20s, they'd be like, wait, what the heck is TikTok? What are dating apps? Like people meet people on their phone and they swipe through pictures. They would be like, what world are we living in? But those are the things that you hear all the time. And I think there's so many different pressures that are coming up for people in the world today that are different than they were a decade ago. And it's not saying that certain things didn't exist like comparison is something that comes up a lot for clients whether it's like comparing themselves to family members to their friends to people on the internet it just looks different though maybe all these themes have existed throughout the years but there's different platforms and ways that people are inundated with different content and people are seeking therapy for very different reasons as well and some people don't even necessarily know why certain things are causing them stress or, you know, confusion in their life. A lot of things, like I said before, just have to do with their relationships to things around them and just understanding and wanting to work through why, why does my relationship with my boyfriend feel like it's something that's stressing me out and exploring that? Or why do I feel like my relationship with food is something that's taking up more headspace than it should? So I think a lot of people seek therapy when they're starting to be honest with themselves that, you know, like their wheels need some fine tuning in some areas. Yeah. I love that. And looking at the video, I think was like even healing for me. And I'm someone who has always sought out like therapy or coaching and things like that. And it's just so nice to know that we're not alone in these like challenges or conversations or like desire to understand ourselves more. Because I think Mm -hmm. still like the messaging around a lot of those things, like our relationship with alcohol, like our relationship to our significant other, like this idea that things should just be easier, that it should work out, that things shouldn't feel so complicated. And to know that 
it's not feeling this way because there's something wrong with us necessarily, but because we're living in like society with other human beings. And just existing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that is a huge thing. Like I think coming from a therapist who is seeing all these different people and has this education and qualifications to be like, this is something that a lot of people are struggling with. And like, this is normal and just part of experiencing life. Because I do think that while we've started to change the narrative of being like, you don't have to go to therapy just when something's royally fucked up and it can be just Mm -hmm. like normal and part of dealing with existing. There is still, I feel like a little bit of residual of that stigma of being like, well, if you go to therapy, like there's something wrong with you. Yeah, absolutely. And I think a lot of people look at platforms like Instagram, TikTok, and I'm very well aware that I'm very much on TikTok a lot, but I also think TikTok a breeding ground for a lot of things wrong within the mental health community. Totally. And people will see, oh, this person did this and that helped their depression or that cured their relationship with food. But that just worked for that person. And I think a lot Mm -hmm. of the comparison game happens in that sense too of like, why can't I go for a walk and suddenly feel better? Why is it so much different for me? Oh my God. Yes. (laughs) Yes. And you, one of the questions that you posted about was why are you like, what are you looking for on social media? And that one hit me so hard this morning because what I often look for in social media is like solutions to my life that require work on my part, like in an environment like therapy But I want to find it from like a seven second video that spikes my like (laughs) dopamine. You know what I mean? Yes, absolutely. I mean, I used to get the what I eat in a day videos all the time. And then I like eventually was like TikTok. I need to stop seeing these. So like every time they came up. But it was, it was, it's like the same thing. Like someone would eat a piece of toast for breakfast and they would feel full till lunch. And I was just like, that would not work for me. Like you can't just because it works for one person. It's not going to definitely work for you. And I, I always keep coming back to the word honesty. Like you have to be honest with yourself about the content you're consuming and and if it's helping you. And like, that is what therapy is. It's tailored towards you. It's not like, okay, so this is what worked for five of my clients. So this is definitely what's going to work for you. It's all about you and your experiences and kind of what brought you to where you are now. Yeah, for sure. I want to get into the questions that you posted about because I think they're amazing. But first, just because of what you just said, I want to talk about how to find a therapist who is like you in this way where like it's not so general because even a lot of my experiences in therapy, my last one who I loved would recommend like a few books every once in a while. But like it really didn't. I mean, and I'm like a talker. So, you know, I like needed to get a lot of shit out. She probably didn't have a ton of time to like even talk, but, (laughs) but I feel like you're just a very cool therapist and you really break the stigma at least of even what I might think of when I think about therapy. And, you know, I've been in therapy in and out since I was 14. So I think you're so relatable. You're out in the world, you share your life. And to me, this really normalizes therapists as humans. So for me, that just like immediately brings my guard down, makes me feel so comfy. So I'd love to learn from you and just hear your thoughts on how to find a therapist you really click with and like what people should look for yeah. in a therapist. Mm-hmm. Well, one, that's so nice. I will start by saying like, while I think I'm a good therapist to a lot of people, like there's some people who I would be a really bad therapist for. <laughs> like, and right. Yeah, it's different for everybody. It's not a one size fits all. Like the best therapist in the world with the most training, best degrees like could be a horrible therapist for you, or you could just not click with them. Like I have Mm -hmm. people who have not wanted to work with me. And that's okay, you have Mm -hmm. to do what is best for you. So 
what I would say to people is, and I speak for this from myself. I remember when I started going to therapy, I was like looking at where they went to grad school and looking at their pictures and being like, did they go to the best school? Did they do these trainings? Like what are, who went to them and what are their success stories almost? But do not look at that. Like, honestly, if they have a degree, <laughs> they're, they're most likely trained if they're working at a place that you feel looks like it aligns with what you're looking for. It doesn't matter really where they went to school, what their degree is. I think a lot of people are like, I need to go to the best therapist because they will figure me out the best. I think you need to go to the best therapist for you. And that is the therapist that you meet, you talk to, and you're like, okay, I'd want to talk to this person. And I can envision myself opening up to this person because you have to spend like 50 to 90 minutes with this person. And if they don't make you feel somewhat safe, then it's not going to work. So yeah, it's therapy is not a one size fits all just because your therapist recommends this amazing therapist that they connected with and fully healed their relational wounds with like, you might hate that therapist, or you might be like, I could not connect with her at all. And it's all about what works best for you. And I, I think social media is a great place too. I have a lot of friends who are always like, how do I even find a therapist? I think, I mean, Instagram's a great way. So like, I'm always like, if you're in New Jersey, like, honestly, type in hashtag NJ therapist. And I would even say this for therapists too, like for people to find you. And even that I like put Philadelphia on my videos too. Cause I'm like, I want people to know if they're in Philly, like that is where I am. Yeah. And I think that's a great way to find people too. And if you see their Instagram or see their platform and go to their page and resonate with them, you can give them a call. A lot of therapists will do 10 minute consults. And I mean, you're not going to feel like this person's going to change my life. But if you just get off the phone being like, okay, they seem like I could sit with them for 50 minutes and just start there and just try one session, then that's a good sign. But yeah, don't fixate too much on their qualifications, their success stories, and how they can take you to a whole other level, specifically just focus on comfort first. I think that's such a great point. Because for me, that's the biggest factor is I've been and I think it changes as you change too. because, you know, I've had a therapist before who was great for years. But I grew and changed. And I needed something different. I needed someone different. So who you're comfortable with or who you're going to resonate with can change too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And also like, like you just said, you could have a therapist who got you through a pretty icky situation of your life. And you're like, okay, part of your therapy journey may be like, I need to leave that relationship and kind of maybe explore where I want to go in the future. And yeah. you know, a therapist wants what's best for you. So if what's best for you is leaving or trying something different, and by all means, do that. That's such a great point. At least and they should want what's best for you. Yeah, <laughs> I, that's exactly what happened with my last therapist. I like had gotten out of such a toxic relationship like with her and like went through the relationship with her. And I loved her so much. I still do. Like I still recommend her to so many people. And I felt kind of guilty because I was like moving into this new chapter of my life. I don't really think that I can continue with her just because like. <laughs> she got me through like one of the most challenging, like weird tumultuous times in my life. And I just feel like I need to turn the like full proverbial page and like move forward without her, you know? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I'm glad to hear you say that that's like a normal thing that people do. Okay. So I want to get into some of the questions that you've posed on things that your therapist can ask. Cause I know that you said too, that a lot of people use these as like journaling prompts. 
And mm-hmm. I was at the gym this morning listening to your videos, just like so motivated about like all of them. And I've asked my boyfriend a few of them and it's like such great like conversation stimulator too. So I wanted to mention a few of them and also kind of just chat about like, what's the why behind? Like, how do you come up with some of these questions? Like, why are you asking them in sessions and how people can benefit from them? So just to quickly give examples and we'll post these on our Instagram too, because I think so many people will benefit from them. Okay. So a couple of my favorites, if success was a hundred percent guaranteed and it went exactly the way you wanted it to, what big step would you take right now? If you weren't related to your relatives, would you be friends with them? Do you really like the people they are? And I think on that one too, you said in your caption, like you can love your relatives and still like not want to spend all this time with them, which I think is permission that we all need at one time or another in our lives, especially on the holidays. (laughs) This one was a bigger one. What is the biggest thing from your childhood that you need to unlearn to successfully move forward in your life? And then what is a song you feel like you resonate with the most? I loved that one because it felt a little bit more lighthearted. And I think sometimes when you think of like questions in therapy, they can feel really heavy. Mm -hmm. But I think that your mix is like such a good like mix. So I'm just curious, like, where do you find these questions? What's the why behind? (laughs) If there's any in particular that you love, like you can do a deep dive into those too. Yeah. So it's funny because I posted these and I was really enjoying posting them. And a lot of them were based off like questions I would ask clients in general. And one, I want to say, like, if you come to therapy, I'm not just like asking 10 of these questions and being like, all right, good to see you. Totally. <laughs> they're, just, <laughs> they're based on like the relationship I have on the person yeah. and yeah. what we're talking about. Or I also wanted to post some for people who are like, what do you do in therapy? Like, what are things that like I may be asked? Because I feel like sometimes people are like, I have no idea what goes on in the therapy room. And like, that's because it's confidential and like right it makes it less scary these are things that like maybe your therapist would explore with you or talk about and there's not like I said before like therapy is personal to everyone so a lot of people in the comments were like what is the answer to this question I'm like the answer is (laughs) there is no answer like I in the comments you'll see there's like thousands of different answers that some people give and it's all pertaining to no, if your answer is an answer you're comfortable with. And I think like there's certain ones that was like, like if you succeed in something, who do you turn to to like validate that success? And a lot of people yeah. like put their boyfriends or certain people in their life. And it's like, okay, that that could be exactly who you need to be turning to. But let's talk about like, why do you put your boyfriend validating your successes over yours? But it's different for everyone. Like some people their answers could be completely healthy for them. And then some people would be like, wait, why was that my immediate thought to answer it that way? Yeah, it can prompt like thought. I saw some of the comments on that too. And some of them were like great and seemed like they felt great about it. And other people were like, no one, because I don't feel like bringing it up and being a bother. So Mm -hmm. it's like, it can be different for everyone. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, so a lot of them also just pertain to what they're talking about. I even had a session with someone like a couple of sessions ago and I like really actually liked this question a lot. And I feel like it was a good one. It was like, what was your favorite picture of yourself from this year? And she yeah. actually inspired it. And I was like, I'm going to use this on my TikTok if you don't mind. And it was essentially like, let me see a picture of yourself that you really liked. And why did you like that picture? And what about that picture do you want to recreate more of in this year? And what do you see when you look at that picture of yourself from this year? 
I love that. And I, I heard that question too. And it made me think about one of the other ones I wrote down, which is if you were happier, how would people in your life be able to tell that you're in a better place? Because when I thought about a picture of myself this past year that I felt and could see and see myself as the happiest, they're all pictures of me with like no makeup on, just like chilling, you know? And when I think Mm -hmm. about how people would, how people in my life would identify that I'm happier, it's when I don't fucking care about all of the things that I think I should be doing or, you know, what things look like from the outside. And to me, the two kind of felt like the same kind of like energy. Um, yes. And I thought a hundred percent, I think that's so true. Yeah. And so it was really insightful for me too. Cause I'm like, we all want to be happy, right? Like we all want to live, you know, fulfilled lives. And I often think that X, Y, and Z equates happiness, but every time I achieve X, Y, and Z, then it's not you know, and every time I look at pictures where I'm like objectively thriving, I don't mm-hmm. actually feel my like soul in that, you know? Mm-hmm. So I loved those questions because they're like mirrors of like, totally. Where am I at? What can I work on? How can I be a true version of myself today? You know? Yeah. And like looking at even just thinking about like, how have I been viewing photos of myself and photos of myself on social media? And why have I been viewing it that way? Because I remember even years ago, like when Instagram wasn't even what it is now, I was doing so much of like thinking about the picture that I was going to post and what it would look like and doing things even just for the photo and filters and whatever. And then I went through and I was like, there's all of these pictures of me that I look so happy in. And it's like in my best moments where I'm the most me and I don't share any of them. Because I don't think Mm -hmm. I look good or perfect or one thing looks weird or I have a double chin or something. And that doesn't mean that your perspective immediately changes, but it's good to kind of like take assessment of that. Mm -hmm. Totally. And I've posted pictures where I've been like in my lowest points, like putting a nice filter on it and posting it on Instagram and I'm like, I wasn't even happy in that picture, but I'm like, but I thought I looked good. And I thought that other people would think I I looked good, but yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely an interesting thing. Right. And it is so interesting because I think, think about the picture and I had this, I was driving, like when I was thinking about this, I'm like, I would, I've never posted this, like these couple pictures that I'm thinking about. And I almost took another picture today because I was like, I feel good in my life right now. And I want to just document this for myself because I will look back on this picture and remember like, this is who you are. This is what you're doing. Like, it's not for anything other than for me to feel comfy in like my life, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. I love that. And being like, this is a picture of you and you were really happy that day and you didn't need to be in like a sequin dress with a blowout. <laughs> like, yeah. You were happy just as you were. hundred percent. I love that. Yeah. And and I'll post just for our audience listening. I have like literally 30 or 40 of these questions. That's why I was like, you probably got so many notifications from me this morning because I was just like saving them all. And then I transferred the questions. So we'll post a lot of these for our audience just as if you're cool with it, if that's OK. Of obviously, course. Yeah. OK, cool. Because I think they are amazing, like journaling prompts. And my personality is very much like, let me put this in a Google Doc and answer them all tonight. And this morning at the gym, I was like, I'm going to answer all these questions. And then I was like, (laughs) maybe calm down a little bit and take it one by one um, and answer the ones that resonate. So I think there's there's so many good ones in here. So I'm excited to share the full list. Love that. 
Yeah. So getting into like some of the other things you talk about, I feel like you do a really good job of talking about parenting and childhood mental health and kind of how we can talk about that without it being so I feel like a lot of the content I see and this might just be like my side of TikTok um but I feel like a lot of the content I see is more extreme to the point of being like you can cut off a narcissistic parent or something like that and like a lot of stuff that's kind of like doesn't talk about the middle ground. Mm -hmm. So it seems like our generation is definitely more emotionally aware than the generations before us. And as we're acknowledging that and engaging in breaking generational trauma or just trying to heal from our own wounds that were created in childhood, it can be like super tricky with family members who aren't open to that or not emotionally aware Mm -hmm. or also just like might be hurt by that. So what advice do you have for people in our generation or just in general trying to heal and break generational trauma, but still like have a good relationship with their family and don't want to kind of completely cut people off? Mm -hmm. Yeah, this is something that comes up so often, like even in my own personal journey as well. A lot of you know, people start to notice certain patterns. And so I do emotionally focused therapy. So it's all about, you know, your emotions and how you relate to things and kind of how you started to experience emotions around things. And, you know, a lot of that comes up just with parents in general. And, you know, for me, like, personally, I had to come to terms with our parents were kids at one point, too. So they, they kind of did what they knew. And, you know, even like thinking of my parents, like therapy was not something that they were offered that they were aware of, they're still like confused about what I do. They like think I'm a life coach or something. I'm like, yeah, certainly yeah. not a life coach. I definitely yeah. don't have that skill set. But a lot of it is just like, okay, so what is working for me right now within my relationship with my parents? Like, can I express this to my parents about what my needs are for them right now? Will they respond to it well enough? And am I okay with having this relationship look like this if they're maybe not willing to acknowledge certain things or identify certain things? I think a lot of growing up and like becoming adults is creating boundaries for yourself. And yeah, a lot of people do this too with their parents, whether it's their relationship with their parents feeling like their kids owe them something or their parents' relationship about talking about certain things in their life and having those boundaries with their parents of like, you're allowed to express this, but I'm not going to engage in this type of behavior. And sometimes that's really hard for your parents to hear and work through, but you are not responsible for you know, making them feel completely safe with you know the life you want to live. Like if they're willing to do the work with you, that's great. But also it is okay if you're like, I don't think I'll ever get this answer from my parents or ever get this apology or ever get this verbal understanding that maybe they messed up. And honestly, sometimes you just have to do that for yourself, like forgive your parents for not having the tools that you now have and the work that you're doing. And it's kind of liberating and exciting to be like, that really stinks that my parents didn't have this opportunity of self growth and understanding like these resources were available for them, but they're available to me and I'm going to do with what I can within them. And You can still have a relationship with them, but it could be on your terms. That is amazing. I love that answer. And I think that's so 
important to hear when you're in the process of doing that. Like I don't know how to set boundaries just in life in general. (laughs) And so that's something that I am like currently working on and learning. And you also in that situation need to hear that from other people that like, it's okay to do this. You do not have to like completely please these people. It's not your responsibility how they react. And like, you can still have what you want on your own terms. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like personally, I, both of my parents definitely grew up in a household with the body talk was something of like, you know, being self-deprecating towards your body was like normal for women. And I definitely grew up in like, and now I, I feel bad for my mom and like people, like adult women of that generation who were like definitely held to these impossible standards and thought that being self-deprecating for your body was normal and like a way to connect with people and fit in. And Mm -hmm. I, at first, a lot of my life, I felt like I was upset that that was like how I was brought up thinking was normal. And now I'm just like, it really makes me sad that this was a way that a lot of people lived and thought was normal to talk about. But now I'm like, you, you're allowed to say whatever you want about your body, but I'm not going to engage in this type of talk. And if this mm-hmm. type of talk happens around me, I'm going to remove myself. And if you want me around, we just don't do this. And sometimes people are like, Jesus, <laughs> like, right. my God. <laughs> but you're like, honestly, this is, this is just how it's going to go from here. And yeah. once you do that and stand your ground, like people are like, oh, okay, respect. Yeah. yeah. I love that because I feel like, whenever I'm going to do something like that, I'm like, oh my God, I'm being so dramatic. And sometimes I get the reaction that I'm being so dramatic. But Mm -hmm. I think you normalizing that and then also being like, and then they will just accept it and get over it Mm -hmm. is huge because like for me, boundary setting is I'm so scared of the reaction and that it's going to like send that person away or like ruin the relationship So I think having that example of being like, yeah, I mean, like there might be an immediate reaction that's kind of like, oh my God. But after Mm -hmm. that, like it'll usually even out. Yeah. And if they don't respect you taking care of yourself, then like it definitely wasn't a healthy relationship to begin with. Yeah. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Which you're like, yeah, (laughs) but that's, that's, that takes a lot of time and it's not easy to do that. And sometimes your boundaries, you don't necessarily need to like always be telling people exactly what you're doing. You could just say like, I'm just not going to come around as much or let me just distance myself, mute these people. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's one of the biggest ways that therapy can provide support because like nobody tells you that like navigating relationships with your parents as adults is like, so can be so much of a shit show. Even if like, I love my parents to death. I think we have a really great relationship. I can tell them when I, feel hurt and like things that they did as, you know, as a child, like hurt me and things like that. Like they're more or less pretty down to have those conversations, but learning and accepting that my parents are human beings who did their best to raise me and Mm -hmm. still fucked me up in certain ways to no really fault of their own. It's just like, it's such a process. And then like accepting that can also feel painful because you love this person. And also you Mm -hmm. may have to set a boundary for a certain part Mm -hmm. of your life or whatever. It's like, it's so, it can feel so overwhelming and so complicated, but then talking it through and feeling like all of these feelings are okay to have and what do they mean for us and how can we move forward and having somebody else kind of like navigate you through that process, I think is so helpful because 
Like I said, mm-hmm. like our parents definitely, I think, dealt with relationships with their parents very differently than our generation oh, is dealing totally. with that too. It's like everything gets brushed underneath the rug. And anytime I have a challenge with my parents, it's immediately like, okay, well, sorry, I didn't, I didn't do a good enough job for you. You know what mm. I mean? So for a long yeah. time, it was like, let's work through those conversations. I love you so much. And also this happens to be a thing that deserves some, some conversation and whatever. So I definitely felt like that reality like kind of hit me like a freight train and I was like what the fuck it shouldn't be this hard yeah but through therapy I learned that that was that's just a part of life and it still continues to be ongoing you know that it's kind of a thing that pretty consistently needs attention so yeah absolutely and a lot of people do need permission to do those things especially maybe they don't have siblings or maybe they've never had anyone who said like yeah it's that's not okay or that is something you're allowed to have boundaries with. Like a lot of people don't give themselves permission and a therapist often will be like, do you need me to tell you that this, it's okay to do this? And like, I'm always glad to be that person if I'm the only person that's doing that for them. That yeah. is mostly the reason I pay my therapist. <laughs> it happens yeah. to a lot of people and yeah. <laughs> it's, it's pretty hard to work through, but it's also enlightening because you're like, wow, this all makes sense. Once you start to connect, like, oh, this is why I show up in relationships, maybe because I was raised this way, or I, I've experienced this in my childhood. Like, wow, everything, it's like that with that TikTok sound, like everything is connected. Yeah. <laughs> yes. 100%. I honestly feel like I felt like I had it all figured out, like at every step of the way in therapy, like even like seven years ago, I was like, okay, this is exactly what happened to me that made me this way. And now I know that. And we're moving on, not even like scratching the surface. So it totally can take a process of, and it is such a relief when you finally get to that point where you can kind of admit these things, even though they're hard, it feels good to kind of like have that unlock inside you. And I feel like Mm -hmm. just even for me, like only in the last year, have I really been like these things that happened to me, I knew that they happened and I knew, you know, maybe they upset me or whatever, but connecting my behavior today and like how I react to things today and realizing like, Hey, that's not just me that comes from here. And like, this is how I can deal with it. It really helps me feel like I have more of a handle on my life. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. No, it's, it's something that's just constantly a work in progress. Like I think about this all the time when I react certain ways, I'm like, wow, I had deja vu of me reacting like this when I was like five years old. I'm like, yeah, I see that these things are kind of innate within me. Yeah, exactly. It's like, I can tie those things together. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm staying with my mom right now for a couple days and like being in, and it's like the house I grew up in. So like sleeping in the room and like in the room that I used to sleep in as a kid and like things are coming up that I just did not expect to happen. And I'm like, oh, thought we worked through this one. Here we go again. (laughs) You know, just like being in the house for an extended period of time overnight. I'm like, whoa. This is this is fun to revisit. Let's right. go. Round 10. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yep. That's too funny. Okay, so I'm going to try to explain this best I can, but I was like trying to write the question. I was like, this doesn't make any sense. But it makes sense when you talk it out, though. I think I did. I think I just have to say it. So something I want to ask just to give you context of my personal experience, like I think being really emotionally aware, like self-aware and being in obviously I'm not a therapist, but just I've been in the mental health field and kind of worked in it for a long time. I can kind of sometimes have a hard time with being aware of all of these things and knowing where things come from and being like, okay, that's me being 
X and this comes from this place in my childhood and this is how you do things healthy and this is how you communicate in a healthy way, but also still being an imperfect person who's like healing from their own stuff and never going to get it completely right. How do you kind of hold those two things together at the same time? Because I think like for me, I can be really hard on myself and just be like, now that you know this, like you should be able to be better. Mm -hmm. It's like the knowing doing gap. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's such a good question and so true. And I feel like this kind of relates to just being like a therapist in general. And I, I think I put a lot of that pressure on myself too of like, I post all these TikToks about like being a therapist and I never want anyone to think I ever think I have it all figured out or I do have it all figured out because I do not at all. Like there's so many times I'll be in a session with a client. I'm like, oh my God, I just learned so much from them. And I'm like, wow, they've really taught me a lot about that. Or I hear people doing things and I'm like, clients myself, I'm like, I wish I could do that. Like, I wish I wish I could be there. Um, I think it's always having grace for yourself, I think is the biggest thing definitely easier said than done. And I just like try to think of this, like I will constantly be a work in progress when I'm like 80 years old, I'll probably still be dealing with like, comparison issues and like Mm -hmm. working on my relationship with food and anxious attachment and all those things. And I think almost like prefacing myself of like, these might be there forever. And just knowing that it is okay, but there are things that you're just going to constantly have to be mindful of and check in on. Like that is okay. As long as you're honest about the fact that you are committed to working through it and trying to figure out a better way to doing it than maybe the way you did before is something that I think is really important with people. And I mean, we're humans, we're creatures of habit. And it's really hard to unlearn a lot of times and break habits that have been so ingrained within us for a lot of our lives. So just because you don't get it right the first time, like just keep trying. It's okay. Yeah. Yeah. I love that perspective. And the last therapist that I was referencing earlier, literally for like a full year was like, you are in the contemplation period. I was in a relationship where there was a ton of cheating. I knew that this person was not my like soulmate life partner forever. I just wasn't ready to like let the relationship go. And I had so much shame about it. And I just was like, whatever, like, I know that this isn't for me, but I still love this person. And like, I'm working through a bunch of shit for myself. And she just kept saying like, you are in the contemplation period. Just let yourself be here. And it was Mm -hmm. like the most uncomfortable thing I did. And like, that's one big thing that Hannah and I talked so much about in our friendship early on was like, it's okay that you know that you're probably not going to marry this person because for a lot of reasons, they're not your life partner, but you don't have to know that you're going to marry. Like you don't have to be in a place where you know this and you're acting on it right now. Right. Like you don't have to do everything that you know you quote unquote should because there's such a difference between rational fact or thought and the experience of feeling and being a human and all of the ways that we have feelings and emotions around different things because we're little complicated messes. <laughs> <laughs> totally. I mean, I should like, I should, I shouldn't say I should. Cause I never like when people say that I want to meditate every day. Have I ever meditated for like every day for a week straight? Absolutely not. I know it's something yeah. that would really benefit me if I did, but if I just made myself meditate every single day this week, it wouldn't be sustainable. So like when you're yeah. saying, in your relationship, like you had things you needed to work through so that you could realize like, what is a healthy relationship, what you deserve. And that relationship at that point served a purpose. And if you move too fast, or maybe ended it way earlier than 
you did, you may not have been able to go through that work and get to where you needed to be. 100%. Yeah, it is. I just feel like that reminder that grace with yourself always never is tired, you know, like it's just constantly needed. I think for a lot of us to like, just realize that you just have to be where your feet are and like allow yourself to just be where you are. And that I think maybe is like the purpose of it all is to just learn how to accept yourself through all of your phases of life, which is maybe like the hardest thing that we will ever, that I personally at least will ever do. Mm -hmm. I think, yeah. And I love the point that you made about becoming okay with something being what you're going to interact with for the rest of your life. I think early on in my journey, (laughs) engaging with my mental health, I thought that it was more like when I was younger and I would go to the doctor and I would get a medicine and it would be fixed. Or, you know, something like that. So I kind of felt like, okay, if I just deal with these things, then I'll be healed and it'll be done, which is not the case for me in a lot of ways. And there are things like being codependent and like those tendencies or feelings like will probably come up in some way or another for the rest of my life. That's something I will probably always be engaging in Mm -hmm. and becoming okay with that gave me such a release because I felt I was being so hard on myself, felt so bad. I was like, I'm such a weak piece of shit. Like, why can't I stop doing this? Mm-hmm. And then just kind of, I think, accepting that, like, yeah, I will, when I'm 80, I'll probably be like, why does my, you know, roommate want to play shuffleboard with a person down the hall? Why don't they want to play with me? It's okay. I'm going to be your roommate and I will want to play with you. So it's fine. <laughs> yeah. And even if you're not working on, even if it's not like actively causing you stress in your life, like you're working on managing it and being like, oh, that's crazy. I used to feel this way if a situation like this happened. Like it will, right, it yeah. might always just be with you. Exactly. And like, fine. Is <laughs> what it is. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So let's go into a little bit of rapid fire. So our audience, we put on our Instagram story to ask you some questions. They gave us a few. Are you ready? Yes. Okay. Question number one, do therapists need therapy? (laughs) Um, This one made me laugh because I think (laughs) I kind of touched on this too, because I mean, I sometimes see things on my TikTok of like, I'll like be drinking wine in a picture and people be like, I didn't realize therapists could drink wine. I'm like, therapists are truly just people that just yeah, have you're like yeah we can also get married and have sex it's kind of crazy yeah like, this is a church yeah they have relationship issues they're working through things on their own and yeah actually in my grad program it was almost like essential that they made you while you were in your internship get therapy support which I thought was really great Oh, I love therapists that. Therapists are just like cool. people. Like I go to therapy. I think it's really important. I see 20 clients a week and I take on a lot of like what they're going through and what they're experiencing while yeah. also trying to maintain my own relationships with people in my life. So mm-hmm. it's very vital for me to have a space where I'm just focusing on myself because I'm showing up for all these different people throughout the week. So Yes, therapists go to therapy. Like maybe your therapist isn't actively in therapy at the time. But yes, we are constantly also trying to find the answers for ourselves and we'll probably forever be doing so. Yeah, I love that. I I know. I think at least most recently, all of my therapists have been like, yeah, well, with my therapist, I was just talking about this, which I love. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, it's it's important. 
it's funny though when you go to a therapist and you're like, I'm a therapist, but like I don't want you to think that I'm judging like I'm choosing to go to therapy oh, with yeah. you. Like, I'm I'm not, I I am I'm a not. therapist, but I am the patient. Right. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh, that's funny. Okay, so another listener asked, what are some simple things to get out of a depression funk? Ooh, I mean, I know the depression funk all too well. I would say this is so simple, but like you just have to start doing things that your non-depressed self would do. So like if you were to ask, you're in a depressive episode, like, wow, what would non-depressed Emma do? Non-depressed Emma would probably shower. She would probably drink a glass of water in the morning and she probably Mm. would like phone call her friend and probably do those things without having to think about it and honestly you just have to do those things like you have to just do things that your non-depressed self would do the brain doesn't necessarily know words it knows action and you just have to start doing things like you're not depressed which sounds really hard (laughs) I really like that saying that the brain doesn't necessarily know or recognize the words it recognizes action because I obviously have struggled with depression a lot and I think sometimes I just there's nothing to say mm-hmm. and any conversations I have you know it's just kind of like it is what it is and they don't really change anything and I remember because people say you don't enjoy things that you used to enjoy as much and so then you don't want to do them Mm-hmm. And so even if it doesn't sound good, just trying like one thing, mm-hmm. especially I remember this summer I was in a really bad place and my psychiatrist was like, go for a walk for 30 minutes. This is what you have to do. And I was at a place where I was kind of like, okay, you know what? I'm going to finally listen to the advice to take a walk. I never wanted to do it. I was never like, can't wait to take a walk. I was like, fuck this. I honestly hate this. I can't wait till it's over and I can say he was wrong. But (laughs) after a while, like it does, your body experiences it. And at least like you're experiencing something different than being on the couch. Absolutely. Yeah. And like taking a shower sometimes is the hardest thing. And when you're depressed too, your brain is not being nice to you. It's not like, don't worry about it. Like you're fine. You're doing everything great. So your brain's not necessarily working in your favor. So you just have to try to make your body work in your favor. Just say like, I'm going to shower. My brain's not going to like it. They might want me to stay on the couch, but we're just going to do it. I love that. Yeah, I love that too. The next one is how to feel content living a quote unquote boring life. Well, I feel like this is like a a question from TikTok. I will, one, I would ask like, what's your life boring? Like, what are you comparing your life to that makes you feel like your life is boring do you feel like it's boring because you see people living like really colorful mm-hmm. lives with travel and outfits your life is boring quote unquote like what is boring about it like what are you seeking more of and you know boring could be nice <laughs> like honestly sometimes I'm like some there's something nice in simplicity but if you're looking for more like say you're like my life is boring I want more adventure okay what is a way that you can honestly and in a tangible way bring some adventure into your life like can you go on a hike can you sign up for a trip what are ways that you could do that but yeah to be content within your life I think is just being grateful for the things that you have that do add value to your life and then just being focused on how to add more things that you think would make your life more fulfilling. 
Yeah. This question was, I resonated with it a lot. Like, especially in my early twenties, I got into this like thought that like I needed to move to Ireland or something to like have a more exciting life. And I've had this question in therapy before where I I would be annoyed that the answer was usually pretty simple because the level of breakdown that I would have to think that I needed to change my whole life to be more adventurous and to match the feeling that I thought other people were having based on this curated feed that I see on social media, I would just have a full breakdown. And the conversation often would be like, well, can you go, can you go on a hike? I'm like, yeah, probably. I think I'd maybe (laughs) feel a little, so I don't have to move to Ireland. It's like, no, it's usually yeah. Like, simple. what did Ireland represent to you? I mean, Ireland's great, <laughs> yeah. but there was yeah. there was something smaller within your reach that you could yeah. bring Ireland to you. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. I think that's a great point. Like, because first of all, I do think that a lot of us struggle with that idea more now because of social media and because of our just first of all, like our access to so many different humans' lives, like. Mm-hmm. Humans have never been able to compare themselves to more people than right now. And mm-hmm. it's also, it's all these special moments and we don't see people in their day-to-day like commute or whatever. So of course our lives are boring to us because they're our lives that we're in all the time. But also I really like the point of how can you accessibly add in what you're looking for and how can you think about that in a different way? Because mm-hmm. I think a big point is like, okay, well, people are going on all these trips. Like I don't travel anywhere. I don't see anything. And it maybe I can't afford to, or it's like, okay, so what can you, how can you see something new without going anywhere? You know, is there somewhere new Mm -hmm. in your own town that you can go or something like that? Mm -hmm. And I think therapy is really helpful for helping you kind of turn your thoughts in that way and look at it from a different perspective. Cause a lot of times I'm like, I never thought about that. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I don't know why this just made me think of this too. I was trying to film because I was like doing my New Year's resolutions and I was like trying to make a day in my life or like update people on like how my New Year's resolutions looks. So I was Mm -hmm. like filming things my day and I scrapped the whole video because I was like, this is miserable. (laughs) Like filming myself doing these like and I love those videos when I see people doing them like their lives are so amazing their workout routines. But I'm like, okay, now I know that the people doing these like these are not fun and it's not anything it's crack up to be and I was like I am not posting this because I hated every minute of me doing this a (laughs) hundred percent yeah I feel like I've done that before too where I'm like I'm gonna video myself like just doing life and then I look at it and I'm like what is this (laughs) I know I was like filming myself getting out of bed I was like but I wasn't even sleeping it's like 3 p.m right yeah (laughs) yep (laughs) so the last question I think can kind of piggyback off of the one before so someone asked can you give some examples of small things to do to feel more fulfilled Mm -hmm. so I keep saying the word honesty and like what is within reach I think weekly check-ins are really important with yourself I mean, I'm a therapist and I really promote therapy but I don't think you need therapy to have intentional time with yourself I think it's important. I mean, we're so stimulated by like our phones, TVs, just people around us. So many times we just don't even check in ourselves and what we need and what would make us feel fulfilled. I think it's just important to ask yourself, like, how would I feel more fulfilled? Like seeing my friends or going for a walk this week and asking yourself, like, okay, how can I do that within 
these seven days instead of like, how do I live a more fulfilled life? Like, just get from today to tomorrow. How will your life feel more fulfilled tomorrow? Is it calling a friend? Honestly, just like, think of one thing a day of what can I do today that will add fulfillment to my life that maybe didn't yesterday? Or what can I do differently? I think it's all about just meeting yourself where you're at and being honest about what you can do rather than creating this crazy lofty goal. And then you're not able to reach it or complete it based on certain means. And then you go back into this cycle of self deprecation. So creating small tangible goals, if those are working, then building from there. I love that because I often go so extreme and I'm like, my life is nothing and it is never going to be anything else. This is just it forever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so like, I really like the idea of just being like this week or tomorrow instead of going to that like super extreme place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I love that too. And like before the new year, I made a 2023 ends list and a 2023 outs list. And on my outs list, I wrote, self-deprecation because I'm just like so over me like putting myself down and creating that cycle that makes me feel like I have to do these grandiose things and like seeking out those moments of fulfillment in every single day is like a huge mindset shift that I'm like very much in the middle of but Mm -hmm. I love that because you know and I think this is also kind of like my desire to like have dopamine and seek dopamine out with the ADHD side where I think like oh I have to do this big thing to like change my life forever and blah, blah, blah. But sometimes just like waking up when I told myself I was going to wake up brings me so much joy. Like I can do things and it's kind of like what happens first, the narrative in my head or the action. But, Mm -hmm. and I guess like you said, brain, the brain looks at actions, you know, not words so much. So, but it is interesting that now that that mindset has shifted to like, it's not these big things, it's the everyday stuff that feel might feel mundane when you think about it, but actually compound to bring the big result is like a very real kind of real time experience that I'm having. So it's nice to hear you say that too. I love that. No, I'm trying to do it too. I'm like, okay, what can I do tomorrow? That's will fulfill me. Yeah. Yeah. Within my reach. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Right. It's like the little things like I can just wake up on time, eat some vegetables, drink the water and let's start there. And then that's good. Yeah. yeah, that's a yeah, lot. Exactly. exactly. I know. There are a lot of things. Like I will probably so only do one. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Well, Emma, thank you so much for being on with us today. It was so great. Where can people find you? Oh my gosh. Well, I would do this truly every day if you guys would let me. It was so much fun. <laughs> um. No, we totally will. Yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> no, please. You can find me. Well, my Instagram is more just like my personal feed, but like you're more than welcome to follow me there. I I think it's public because again, like I don't mind if clients or whatever want to vet me first before they see me. So that's at Emma.Mahoney, M-A-H-O-N-Y, I think an underscore. And then the same with my TikTok, just without the underscore after. Perfect. Everybody should follow her, especially all your TikTok stuff. Very binge worthy. And also just like, you're someone who makes me feel like I just want to hang out with you. So I feel like that's always important to find people online that we actually like feel comfy with. Yeah. And not so like unattainable aspirational. I'm just like, okay, I like you and look up to you like a healthy amount. Yeah. Where yes. you don't make me feel bad about myself. <laughs> the same. I told you guys this. I recommend your, before you even reach out, I recommend your podcast to people, clients included. So oh, maybe so I will recommend awesome. this one, even though we'll see how my voice sounds. 
<laughs> oh, I still can't stand the sound of my voice. So don't <laughs> don't wait We're for that day it. to start sharing. <laughs> yeah, it. I know. Yeah, you just have that one's you're gonna have to accept. <laughs> yeah, go. I'm gonna just keep drinking my water and stop trying to change the sound of my voice. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much. We really appreciate you, and we'll talk to you soon. I'm sure that we'll have you back. Awesome. Thank you guys so much.